Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. Today we're going to end the sermon series that we began eight weeks ago. Today's message we're going to talk about a new normal, a new gospel. World War II ended on September 2nd, 1945, when Japan signed the instrument of unconditional surrender on board the USS Missouri. But a man named Hiru Onada didn't get the memo. Hiru Onada was an Imperial Japanese Army intelligence officer stationed in the Philippines. Onada spent the next 29 years hiding in the jungles of the Philippines, believing the war never ended. Finally, in 1974, he received word that the war had ended and surrendered. Now imagine living in hiding in fear for your life for 29 years, believing the war hadn't ended. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus ended the war in approximately 33 AD when he gave his life as a perfect sacrifice, paying the price for our sin. But sadly, Many people have been trying to hide from God, thinking the war is not over. All you need to do is come out of hiding and surrender. Jesus Christ's death ended the war against God. Jesus paid our ransom. We can come out of hiding and start living. Jesus Christ, as we talked about last week, instituted the new covenant, which includes... A new gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. In Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said, And this gospel, which means good news, of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So the gospel being preached brings in and ushers in the end when Jesus will come back. So I think... As we look in our world today, I think that we should be preaching more and worrying less. So let's talk about what is the gospel of the kingdom. First, the gospel of the kingdom is inaugurated by Jesus. Inaugurated by Jesus. Do you know that Jesus Christ is the first to accomplish many things? He was the first to fulfill the entire law and the prophets. He was the first to live a perfectly obedient, faithful life to God. He was the first and only to ever die for the sins of the world. He was the first to conquer sin and death by rising from the dead. He was the first to show off the newly remodeled, upgraded, resurrected body that we all will receive one day. He was the first to walk on this earth with his newly resurrected body, interacting and dining with people. He was the first to ascend well, outside of Elijah in the Old Testament, back to heaven the same way he came. He is the first and only high priest to be seated at the right hand of God, the Father, and he will be the first to return from heaven to take those who are members of his kingdom and his body to be where he is. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus says something incredible. Now after John the Baptist had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying this, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent 
and believe in the gospel. So what Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God had descended to earth. In who? Jesus Christ, the personification of God's kingdom. Now, God's kingdom consists of two kingdoms, in a sense. There's the eternal kingdom, which had no beginning and has no end. And then there's the created kingdom, which God created in Genesis, where the Bible starts. God created the heavens and the earth. And then when Jesus shows up, the eternal kingdom of God makes a personal appearance in the world. Okay, so the created kingdom is what we live in in this earth. And guess what? There's a battle between two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. We have the eternal kingdom of God. We have the created kingdom of God in Genesis. Ephesians 1, 4 says that we are chosen before the foundation of the world. So before God created the world and the heavens, we were chosen to be in him. Now, at some point, the God of this age, or the prince of this world, he was an angel in heaven, his name is Lucifer, he fell, and he shows up in the garden, and he started his own kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. Okay, And then Adam and Eve decided to follow him by rebelling and disobeying God. And then God sent kingdom bearers into the world, the whole list of them. Jesus Christ shows up, and he says, hey, The kingdom of God is here. Well, how's the kingdom of God here? Jesus brings the kingdom. And one day he's going to bring it to earth. The eternal kingdom and the created kingdom, one day this created kingdom will pass away and it will become part of the new heaven and the new earth and we will be living there with Jesus. Those who are in the kingdom of darkness will experience a dead end and be thrown into the lake of fire. That shows us that Jesus won the battle of the kingdoms, and will one day bring his kingdom to earth. So that's the first thing. Secondly, the gospel of the kingdom is the gospel of power. Jesus told his disciples that we, those who have the Holy Spirit, will do greater things than he even did because the Spirit of God will live in us. When did this first happen? On Pentecost. Acts, the book of Acts, is the historical account of the early church's newfound power that was given to them by God. Jesus was the first to show off this Holy Spirit power as he lived as a man on this earth. In Matthew 4.23, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. So part of this gospel of the kingdom is supernatural power and miracles done by God through people. So after John the Baptist was thrown into prison by Herod, John the Baptist, he began to doubt if Jesus was the true Messiah, the King of Israel. So he sent his disciples to ask him, and how does Jesus answer? Jesus replied, go back and report to John the Baptist what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That's because the kingdom of God is at hand, and Jesus personifies that, and we as the church are an extension of that power that lives on this world. But I'm sad to say that I think the church is not using that power. I think we're coming up with excuses like, oh, we're quarantined or we're not allowed to sing in church. Who comes up with these rules? Listen, 
God is still alive working through his church. And the gospel of the kingdom needs to be preached because here's the thing. When miracles happen and God moves in a powerful way, that shows off God. I mean, who else could do these things? Jesus calmed storms. He raised dead people. Only God does these things. These are signs of God's kingdom being implemented on earth. And here's the thing. One day, God's kingdom will be implemented in totality on this earth. Where Jesus will come back and reign on this earth with his church over the whole earth as king, not only of Israel, but as king of kings and lord of lords. The other day, we had a roof problem, some leaking, and a guy came and he was working on it. We're talking. I'd mentioned that I'm a pastor. So after he got down from the roof, we're talking out front. And he said, so you're a pastor. He goes, what do you tell people about COVID? And I said, well, what part of COVID are you asking about? He said, well, my brother just passed away and he's 59 from COVID. He said, I don't know how to handle that. And I said, are you a believer? He said, I'm Jewish. I said, oh, Jesus is Jewish. In fact, the Bible says salvation comes from the Jews. And we were talking, and he knew enough about Scripture to have a somewhat conversation. He didn't know anything about the New Testament. But I said, hey, have you ever read Isaiah 53? No. I go, well, you asked me. Here's what I tell people about COVID. I said, it doesn't matter what happens to us on this earth, because Jesus took care of our sickness which is sin. Once we're cured of that, then nothing else matters. So I want you to go home and read Isaiah 53, which talks about a suffering servant, and then go read John chapter 1, or read the whole book of John. But you'll hear John the Baptist say, oh, look, it's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is what I'm talking about. There's many open doors. That was the Holy Spirit, because nobody asks questions like that I thought he was a sincere seeker. So who do you run into that needs to hear the good news? Because I'm going to tell you this. The gospel of Jesus Christ is still good news. And people need to hear good news. I was thinking about this. You know what the best state for a Christian to live in? Is the state of grace. Without Jesus dying on the cross, we would be under God's wrath but we're under his grace. And we thank God for this. Now, regarding the kingdom of God, I wonder this. I wonder if when Jesus showed up in the first century, what if Israel accepted Jesus as their Messiah? Would that have made a difference? Would God have set up his kingdom on earth at that point? I don't know the answer totally to that, But the greater question is, if God would have done that, would that have been fair? And what I mean by that, would that have been fair to you and to me to be left out of God's kingdom? See, there's a lot of people who are all of a sudden into things being fair and justice. There's social justice, there's racial justice, there's reparational justice, and the list goes on. But I got to tell you, be careful what you ask for. 
The Bible is very clear that justice will come one day. And until that point, nothing is fair. We live in a fallen world. The kingdom of this world is run temporarily by an anarchist. His name is Satan. He's actually the Antichrist. He is the author of chaos, disorder, and rebellion. So when people are asking for justice, do they really know what they're asking for? Do they really want justice or grace? Because God's kingdom is perfectly just, and if God would have set up his kingdom on this earth, I'm sure this world would be a just world, but we would have been left out. See, millions of people would have been left out. Would that have been fair? See, Israel rejected their Messiah, which caused this huge gap in time from when Jesus died and rose and ascended until today where people are crying out for justice. But this huge gap, thank God, has given millions and even billions of people, including me and you, an opportunity to repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means believing in him, to receive grace, not justice. Look, you don't want justice. You don't want to stand before God and have to like try to explain why you rejected Jesus Christ, who is just. And the Bible says that the just died for our sins to make us righteous in Christ. Second Peter 3.9 is a very important verse about this. Because as we sit here and go, when is Jesus coming back? Please come back soon. I want him to come back today. But listen, the Bible says, Peter wrote, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish or be destroyed, but everyone to come to repentance. So the next time you're wondering about God's timing, remember, he has a way bigger plan than our puny mind can fathom. Next, the gospel of the kingdom is a gospel of promotion. I told you earlier, the gospel means good news. So a long time ago, they'd use newspapers. You know, extra, extra, read all about it. But today, we would probably use a tweet. So I want you to see this tweet that I tweeted out. Breaking, because everything's breaking. By the way, when you see breaking, everyone looks at it. Breaking! In an extraordinary act of kindness... God has signed an executive order making it official that anyone who will believe in his son Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will be promoted from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That is good news. And the executive order is signed and done in Jesus' blood. So if you want to be promoted from that kingdom of darkness that has a dead end to the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of God, You need to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that should be your new normal. That should be everyone's new normal. I don't know why anyone would turn that down. Well, I'll tell you why. The answer is in the Bible. Every answer is in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 4.4 The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Why did Israel reject Jesus as their king? Why do people reject him today? Because their eyes are blinded. That is the only reason anyone would reject good news. God is the only one that can open their eyes. And guess what? He sent his son, Jesus Christ, in the world to do that. 
In fact, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. The worst kind of blindness is not physical blindness, it's spiritual blindness because it keeps you from the kingdom of God. So let's pray for those who are blinded that they will see Christ. In fact, let's pray right now. Lord, there are many people that we see in our world around us on TV, all over the place that are spiritually blinded from the truth. And I pray that you would lift the blinders from their eyes, even now, so that they would see the gospel of the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings. And I pray that they would place their trust and faith in him so that they can be free from oppression, free from blindness, free from spiritual poverty, and they will have the richness of Christ because that's the only thing that can save us. And then next, the gospel of the kingdom is the gospel of peace. Chapter 20, as we've been going through Acts, why was Paul able to withstand all the trials and tribulations? Why was he able to withstand knowing that he's going to Jerusalem to die and leave all his friends there on that beach? How was he able to do that? Because he had peace. Jesus said, I give you peace, not like the world gives, because the world doesn't give peace. But there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Whatever is going on is just for a time, a short time. There's a whole thing beyond this, a whole world, the kingdom of God that's everlasting. The only way we're going to have peace is to think about those things. You can't have peace if you don't know grace. Listen, there are Christians today, because I was one of them, that was still trying to work my way to heaven. Even though I knew here, I didn't trust. And I felt like I had to just keep showing how good I am and how great of a whatever I am. You know, and then finally, the lights came on. And I realized there's nothing I can do to make God's gospel of the kingdom better. In fact, the only thing I can do is mess it up. So don't mess it up. If you want peace, know and experience grace. And here's the greatest peace of all. Romans 5.1. Read it with me. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have peace with God, you don't have peace at all. The war is over. You can come out and experience peace. You know, this sermon series, A New Normal, came about through trial and tribulation. One day, things seemed normal. The next day, everything changed. And what I took for granted was taken away. Now, a new normal isn't necessarily a bad thing. I remember for me, in 2004, it started a three-year medical trial. For me, a medical tribulation, a health trial. One day, everything seemed normal. The next day, everything changed. The day before, I was able to think somewhat clearly. The next day, I was lost in a cloud of depression and hopelessness. One day, I was eating normally and sleeping normally. The next day, I couldn't eat and couldn't sleep. I had to sleep propped up due to a gastrointestinal disease and eventually a stomach surgery that helped. But at the beginning, I was only able to drink liquids. I like to eat. 
So it was kind of a bummer to drink my food. It took a lot of getting used to. And I remember the first time someone said to me, David, this is your new normal. And I wouldn't accept it. I said, no way. I believe God could heal me just like he healed all those other people. And you know what? By his grace, he did. It was a trial. It was a long trial. Sometimes I lost my hope. I didn't lose my faith. I just ran out of hope. Here's the thing. I needed to live in acceptance of God's grace no matter what it looked like. If not, I would never have peace. And that's when I read this. Straight out of the AA book, page 417, I read this. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I'm disturbed, it's because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. This guy got it, and he wrote about it. And how many believers aren't doing that? Listen, I'm not saying you have to just accept it forever. Things change, and new normals change pretty fast these days. But if you're not living in God's grace for that moment, no matter what it looks like, you won't have peace. We need to surrender and come out of the jungle and know that the war is over and we have peace with God, and that's the most important peace. And then we can live in His grace knowing that this earth is going to pass away and one day there's going to be a better world. So you have a choice. We can continue fighting the war and lose, or we can come out of hiding and trust in God and His gospel of the kingdom. Peace comes by way of surrender. It's not always going to be like this. This new normal won't last forever. A new normal will follow this, then a new normal after that. But here's the greatest thing of all, what to expect when this is over. The best new normal is this. Expect Jesus to return soon because that is the best normal of all. When that happens, everything changes. God is giving people a chance right now to repent and believe in the gospel of the kingdom. But one day that will end and then God will come and reign and he will judge those who have rejected God's love and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Earlier I sang one of my favorite hymns. It's a hymn. It's called the Battle Hymn of the Republic. In November 1861, a preacher encouraged a poet to write new lyrics to a slave song. This poet's name is Julia Ward Howe. She sold her poem to the Atlantic Monthly Magazine for $5. The new song spread quickly through the Union armies and was adopted by Union supporters as the rally cry for freedom. The song is filled with biblical images. I mean, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. The song has direct references to Scripture. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. Read Revelation 14. The song, the battle hymn of the Republic, is a song of freedom. Julia Ward Howe was a Christian woman 
and an abolitionist who took dead aim at the oppression of slavery. And in probably the most poignant verse, she speaks of this price of freedom when she writes, In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free while God is marching on. When I sang it, I sang, there's a Christian version that changed, let us die to make men free, let us live to make men free. But either way, here's the point. People need freedom. Whether it was back in the Civil War of a physical freedom, which affects emotion and spiritual, but the greatest freedom of all is that we need freedom from oppression of sin and this world and death. And we are here to live and make men free. That's why we're here. But in order to do that, we have to die to ourselves to make men free. Because as long as we're God of the kingdom, we're never going to have peace, and we're never going to be able to look past what's going on and see a better future and a better world. So I want to pray, and I want to ask, first of all, if Jesus is coming back soon, which he is, are you ready? That's the most important thing. Because if Jesus were to come back right now, where would you be in the kingdom? Would you be outside in a still war against God? Or would you be inside, experience the peace of God because you've experienced a no grace by trusting in Jesus Christ? That's the most important thing. And if you've never prayed that prayer to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can say it now in your heart. It's not the words. It's the motivation. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my King. Thank you for the good news of the kingdom of God. I want to live in that kingdom. Come into my life and make me that new person that I can experience grace and peace and come out of the jungle and live with you forever. Now, if you are a believer, where are you in living to make men free? Where are you in preaching the gospel of the kingdom so that other people can come in? Peter said, God is not slow. He's waiting, but he's not going to wait forever. You know, maybe you run into someone who works on your roof or someone else or whatever, and you just plant those seeds and you pray that God would open their eyes to the kingdom of God because that's why we're here. Thank you, Lord, that the best new normal is yet to come. And I pray, Father, that we would be people of God's kingdom, of your church, Because one day we're going to be taken to be with the Lord Jesus, and we don't want anyone left behind. So I pray that we would be people who would live to make men free. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com. Make me-